0: Number 42 of the 48 ways is ma'amido al-ha-shalom. Ma'amido means to stand him up. Al is on, ha-shalom. Shalom is peace. If you want to live, you got to learn to stand your fellow man up on peace. So, what is peace? Is peace a good thing? Sure, everybody's for peace, right? World peace. Is peace a little boring? You don't realize that with war, you know, there's excitement. You read about it in the papers, want to see whether Iran is going to get back at Iraq, or Iraq is going to make it through to Iran, yeah? It sort of concentrates us, right? Novels, war, pictures, they sell. We want peace, but we're fascinated by war. Do you know what the fascination of a war is? Tell you a story. There was once, uh, you know, in the 67 war. There was an article in the newspapers. After the war, the kids in the kibbutzim were asking their parents, when are we going to have another war? The parents said, what are you talking about? You know, terrible. I said, no, it was terrific. When we were at war, when we had the war, everybody loved each other. We were united. <laughs> there was no quarreling. Everybody was kind to each other. It was so nice to be at war. You see, when we're at war, we're at inner peace. We don't worry about, uh, am I going to get a college degree? Who's, who's uh, managing the plant? Do they recognize the good work that I'm doing? We've got something more important. Now, when we say Shalom Aleichem, when we Jews are greeting uh-huh. each other with Shalom, we don't mean Shalom. Of course we want peace. But that's so that we can get the inner peace. We're not talking. Uh, No, war, we're not passive, we're not afraid of war, if necessary, war, war, all right. Now, how do we tame that? Where is that inner peace? Number one of it is that you see that in order to set your fellow man on peace, it's not that important to see his problem as it is to appreciate what is peace. Because everybody can use it. So number two is notice where the strife is. You've got to first get in contact with the fact that we are at strife. And if a human being doesn't really know what he's living for, what he wants, what's basically is you know the ultimate, what do you want? Then he's at war within himself. Because something's telling him, get there, get there. I said, Where? Get there, get there, where? You see that going on. All right, so number three is that sometimes it's much easier to see the strife within ourselves, and those particular times when the strife is out there in the open. What do we mean that the strife is out in the open? When he knows he should apologize, he doesn't feel like it. When he knows he should crack those books and study, but he feels like taking a walk. When he knows he should be trying to solve his problems, and he's inclined to quitting. So number four is that it is powerful to understand the source of the strife. What is this basic fight? Who's fighting who? I mean, I'm me. Do what you want. You want to apologize? Apologize. You don't feel like apologizing? Don't apologize. No, I want that. what What's going on? So the basic conflict is between what we want to do and what we feel like doing. Desire and appreciation of goals. That's the basic conflict that's always within man. We're always fighting whether we know it or not. So it's good to list this conflict. You see, we desire to quit, to dream, to live with illusions, to postpone, to procrastinate, to be comfortable. That's our desire. We want to be great, but we feel like quitting. We want truth, reality, accomplishment, pleasure, meaning. We feel like giving up. It's not available We want to be tough, we feel like being marshmallows. We want to be independent, and we feel like being seduced, brainwashed. And we're not even aware of it, but it's going on. Ding, dong, ding, dong. You want greatness? Do you uh, want to be uh, average? If you can be great, do you want to be great? Do you want to be great as a leader? You want to be great as accomplishment? You want to be great to find a vaccine to save human beings from cancer? You want to be great to bring peace to the world? We want it, but we don't feel like doing the work. Robert, you, you want to be great, huh? Sure. Yeah, sure. How about it? Do you feel like making an effort? Oh, sure. You feel like making an effort? Yeah? Let us talk after class. I will show you how. <laughs> 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 All right, so number uh, five is the source of all this conflict is the struggle between the body and the soul. As a soul, we want greatness. We want truth. We want reality. We want pleasure. The body says, give me something to eat. Pillow and let me of here." Focus. You're a soul. What do you want? You want to do good. You want to help people. Do you want to eat? No, you want to do good. Well, you're hungry. Well, you want to take care of necessities. Yeah. Focus as a body. What will a, a body do with reality? Illusions, dreams, just as long as you got quiet comfort. You want to be happy? Sure, everybody wants to. Be. Which would you rather be, happy or rich? Rather be happy. Of course. Okay, we teach you how to be happy, you know. You think you'll use it? The soul wants to be happy. The body Wants a couple of bucks. If I could pay you 10000 bucks to use a happiness drill for two hours a day, for 30 days, and be serious about it, boy, oh boy, would I get you guys happy. $10,000, that's a lot of comfort. A lot of southern comfort, a lot of northern comfort, you know. Happiness? Well, the soul says, come on, happiness. My ass, shut up, you bagel. <laughs> Soul and the body. And then if you get that clear, then you know what it's all about. All right, so if you see that, the number six is, so how do we eliminate this fight? So the first aspect we eliminate, the number six is, is to get it clear. There is no way you're going to have peace by giving into the body. There is no peace. There's the quiet of the cemetery. There's death. There's quitting. But there is no peace. Why? Because you're depressed by quitting. Do you get it? Anytime you give in to that body, you go for your lust, you quit, you postpone, you don't apologize, you go into dreamland, instead of listening to a class, you sit there dreaming, if I was Superman, yeah, you understand? So for the moment, you're out, you're dreamland. But then you say, what the heck's the matter with me? I can't concentrate, I can't move. And we got to realize that anytime we give in to the body, we slug the guy, we lose our temper, we get angry... We're depressed afterwards. We feel, for the moment, there's peace, the peace of quitting. Yeah, But the soul will never give up. No peace. Number seven is that, look, the only real peace is following the soul, doing what is best, what you want to do. Strive for greatness. Apologize. The body, in the end, will desire the soul's success. And you will have integrated pleasure. The soul will never make peace with the body, but the body will go along. So, for an example of that, anybody here jog? Any joggers? David is a jogger. Ed, you're a jogger? jogger? A former jogger. Yeah, who else? Nobody? Nobody tried it? How many guys tried it? You tried it, right? Yeah, okay. Okay, but we got two guys that succeeded, yeah? For a while. Now, you remember the first, how long was it? Five days, David? What did the body say? You're killing me. This is sadism. This is the stupidest thing. You're going to have a charlie horse. Oh, idiots that thought this up. Boy, they're conning you, right? That's the guys who quit. <laughs> but the guys who kept it up, Ed, was your body telling you this? You're going to have a heart attack. This is crazy. The body's a crybaby. It always says I'm going to die. And you got to say, shut up, you idiot dog. Down, down, down. But that's only in the beginning. Right? How long did it take you before you started enjoying running? The body will make peace with the soul. Yeah, about a, week. a week. How about you, David? Three days. Three days. Yeah, you know? But there's a pleasure of the rhythm of flowing, of not having to think, or of having clarity in your thinking. There's there's benefits to running. Yeah. You understand? All right. So let's take another example. Diet. Anybody ever go on a diet here? Yeah. Why don't I die? Why don't I die? Okay, so tell me, uh, did you succeed? Yes. Yeah, right. Okay, remember the first three days? Without the cake, you're going to die? You know? Murder. Murder. You're going to die. If you don't have that piece of candy, then you're going to collapse on the street. And then, did you feel great? Lose your desire for, for sweets? Yeah? It's Terrific. That's peace. When you feel good about doing what you know is sensible. The guy that the doctor tells, if you don't get rid of your weight, then you're going to die. Mm. No more conflict. It's not that the body listens to medical reasons, but the soul pushes through the peace immediately. The clarity is there. Listen, can't play games anymore. We need this. When you do the right thing long enough or when you have enough clarity like the doctor says, then you have integrated power, the body and the soul together. That's peace on this particular issue. So number eight is that complete shalom, complete peace is shalem, is perfection. Now what do you mean whole, perfect? That means using the body's passion, that desire for $10 million to get to the soul's desire the soul's wants, which is to be happy, to be truthful, to be an idealist. When you can get the body's passion, you're the master of the body's passion, you say, "Ah, I lust for truth, and I'll pay any price. If you know how to sink it in, get the body's passion into the soul's desire, oh boy, that's power, that's integrated, that's perfection. We're not using our body's passion for what we really want to do. We're not even in touch. We don't know how to guide it. Okay, so number nine is, that's the point of war. That's what we were talking about, war. Because, you see, it comes naturally when we submerge ourselves in a cause which is bigger than us. Six-day war, you drop everything else. Nonsense, yeah? Because we identify now, if you don't believe in the Jewish people, it won't be the Jewish people, so it's save the seals. <laughs> yeah, Seals are precious for mankind, so what's my college career? Yeah. Now, when we submerge in a cause that is bigger than us, then we feel peace. All petty considerations are down, and we're integrated. We'll let anybody lead as long as he shows that he is capable. Yeah? We listen carefully to any ideas that will make it work. We're willing to go to any length because our personal body desires are submerged in an overwhelming cause. You identify that. So B of this is realize that even people who have an illusion as a cause are also at peace. In a sense, they are at peace. They have an illusion of peace. That means the people who are fighting for the PLO. Yeah. Yeah. They were ready to go, to fight, to get up in the morning, to slug, to find the weapons, all over the world, the Vietnamese, the Cambodians, right? But it's an illusion. Why is it an illusion? Because if the PLO wins, then what are they going to have? They think they're going to have utopia, right? But in the back of their heads, they know, yeah, Lebanon, Jordan will kill each other, but they say, look away from that. But in the back, they know it's an illusion. So therefore, there is a feeling of hysteria. And that is why people who are into illusions of peace can be awfully mean. Happy people, people who are into the real cause, who are at peace within themselves, will never be mean. They'll do whatever is necessary. It can be ruthless. Yeah? But not mean. A ruthless person, let's say a ruthless uh, bandit, is don't you move. If you move, you're dead. And I mean it. He's ruthless. A mean one is don't move. You don't move and you go over and bust your nose. Now, a person who's in for a cause, who's a real idealist, so he can be ruthless and he'll kill you if you move. But he won't go over and bust you in the nose. You don't agree with him. But I mean, he's decided that this, they've got to be done, right? But he's not going to go over and bust people in the nose. What for? He's okay. When the guy is into something but cause and he's just going around putting screws on people, yeah? That means that there's something wrong with him. He's not an idealist. See, if of this is that people who are into pseudo-causes, the souls in rebellion, and therefore they're hysterical, they will not sit down to talk. They will not discuss it. It's like somebody who you're threatening and he thinks he's Napoleon and you say, well, you're crazy. I'll show you you're not Napoleon. He'll get hysterical, right? While if someone, if I say, Calvin, look, you're not really Calvin. You you don't come from the state. He says, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Show me. Not hysterical. People who know what they're doing who are into the real stuff. Come on, friends. Let's reason. The soul is not afraid. Okay, so... Number ten is, then what is the ultimate? What is the ultimate goal? These people are into causes and are willing to do anything for their cause. They're willing to die for their cause. They're willing to give up their girlfriends. They're willing to give up their college degrees. Yeah. So what is it that they're really looking for? What is the soul? What's the ultimate desire of the soul? Greatness. Eternity. The realization of eternity. Oneness with God. So, B of this is, realize that the Jewish people, we remind ourselves of the cause. We struggle to get in contact with it, with Shema Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, in the morning and at night. The first thing in the morning, the last thing at night. Get focused. Where are you? Where are you going? What do you want? What does the soul want? Oneness. You'll be integrated, you'll be complete. You have the real cause that other people are looking for. Okay, so B of this is, how do you get there? Remember, either the doctor tells you, or three days of jogging, well, this will take ten. Which means, either you get an ultimate clarity that this is what you want. The doctor says, so it gets through to the body. (laughs) Look, friend, if you're not going to go on a diet, you're dead. Well, this is important. Or drill, just win often enough. You jog five days and the body's going along. So you drill. You don't have that clarity, but you drill. This is what I want. Shema Hashem el This is what I'm really after. Drill it. That's it. All the rest is nonsense. Dung, 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 dung. Until the body will say, what? What are you talking about? Come on, we've had, I'm bored with this. Huh? Shut up. Let's go. Until you drill, you get it into the body. And the body will go along. Alright, number 11 is, now that we understand what shalom is about, that integrated unity and what the point of it all is, now the point is, ma'amido ala shalom, look at your fellow man and put him up firmly into integrated, powerful use of his potential for the ultimate cause. Get him there. Now, how do you get him there? So B of this is, that get him to know that God is one and that's his pleasure and it's the ultimate and there is nothing else and it's worth everything and saving humanity is peanuts compared to doing the will of the eternal. That takes an awful lot. You've got to know where it is, right? So see if this is, at least get him along the way. Get him into concepts of greatness, which is God, meaning, accomplishment, bigness, because that makes us feel that, that it's worthwhile. You can't have peace being a mediocrity. Josh, you want to be mediocre? No. We use a pseudo, well, normal, average. That's mediocre. <laughs> so number uh, 12 is that, look, human beings, for them to have peace with themselves, they have to feel a success, and their feeling of success is definitely is oriented to doing something big, to really achieving, to accomplishing. So aim at making your friend big. Don't be stingy with your affection for a friend. Look at him at what his potential can be and try to wake him up to get him into greatness. Don't say, well, I'm helping him along. That's not enough. If you look at another human being, be ambitious for him. Number 13 is learn the techniques. How do you get a guy to be great? How do you get him to use his potential? One technique is, eh, keep inquiring, what do you want? Because if he knows what he wants, he'll get there. It's our confusion that keeps us from getting anywhere. And that's the best technique of them all. Keep asking, if I keep asking you, do you want this, or do you want that, or do you want this, or do you want that, do you want... Slowly you focus in, you get an appreciation, you know what your goal is, this is what I want, and boy, take off, watch a smoke. But there are many techniques. One of them is make him happy. 48 ways to get it moving. Number 14 is that whenever you hear wisdom for living, the first thing that you've got to appreciate is the conflict, the fight, the strife within yourself. Well, the first thing that you have to do is make an intellectual decision. I want to be happy. Is this effective? Will this work? That's the first thing. Make that decision. But then check yourself out. You want to. How do you feel like doing this? Do you feel like hearing this? Do you feel like using it? See the conflict. Oh, here's another thing to do. Oh, this is another way of using your power that most probably I will not use. Then the second step B of this is, then remember shalom. How do you use shalom? Remember. Drill or clarity? Clarity. Realize how powerful this is, how good a medicine it is, and the body will go along. On anyone, happiness, what will it do for you? Realize it like the doctor tells you, you'll die if you don't jog, yeah? (laughs) Do it. Take the time to get it clear or decide I'll jog, you know. I'll work at this one time and another time. 30 days, 15 minutes, yeah? The first day is ah this won't work, it won't do you no good. Be ready for that that madness of the body fighting you. But no, then in the end it might take three days, it might take five days, it might take ten days, it might take fifteen days. In the end, you too will be happy. You too will learn to use your desire to get your soul's goal. Number fifteen is the ramp I say, use for yourself the technique Sadikim. You'll find that the righteous men talk to their desire and the evil let their desire talk to them. You understand? Who dictates what you're going to do? So, you can do it either by main power, by saying, I'm going to do the right thing, I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to play this happiness game, I'm going to listen, I'm going to be reasonable, or you can talk to your desire. The rabbis say, talk to your desire. You say, like a baby, you know. Hey, this will be good for you. You'll enjoy it. So, in order to see whether you're a tzaddik or a rusher, what you got to do is see what's going on. And B of this is realize that our desire is talking to us, which means that we rationalize. We say, oh, it won't work anyway. Wait, who's saying it won't work? Is that your perception saying that the happiness game won't work? The desire says, ha, it won't work. This is no good. <laughs> it's too much work. <laughs> So we're in the wrong ballpark. Yeah, the rabbi's saying, no, no, no. Don't let your desire talk to you. You talk to your desire. <laughs> you can fool your desire just like your desire fools you. Just like your desire fools you. And you know that you should start studying now. Prepare. You know that you should apologize. You know, yeah? And yet, by using I don't care or it won't matter or it doesn't, it's too much work or whatever it is, we, we sort of get confused. You can do the same the other way. It works. You say it to your desire. This'll be great. You'll really enjoy this. But I know I'm not gonna enjoy it. It's hard work. No, you'll enjoy it. Don't don't you defend the desire. Confuse it. Yeah. This is what you really want. You'll really enjoy this. You love to be famous. Tell it lies through your teeth. You'll be surprised at work, just like the other way around. Isn't that interesting? Part number 16 is that whenever you hear wisdom, that happiness is an obligation, that uh, we want to be tough. Yeah. So talk to your body, paint it in glowing terms. How great it would be if we focused on our pleasures and really appreciated all the wonderful things that we have. And we would have that energy in glowing terms, paint the piece of wisdom to your body. You see, we don't do that. We just say, Yeah, it makes sense, bingo, but nah, I want happiness. Nah, Yeah, I want happiness, but it's it doesn't it doesn't really get me. It doesn't grab my guts, yeah? Well get it to grab your guts. Happiness. Imagine every day walking. That it's a beautiful world. It's wonderful to be alive. It's wonderful to have friends. It's wonderful to have a mind. And take pleasure in a gorgeous day, in a gorgeous world. Ah! Does that grab you? Paint the picture that the body. Number 17 is a tremendous dimension to listening to wisdom would be if you looked at wisdom as a way of unleashing yes. your friend's potential. Ma'amidah al If I can give him peace, boy, where would he go? Look at that. Can get him integrated human being plowing in. How do I get him? If I could get him to be happy, how would that unleash his powers? He would be able to study if he would have pleasure. If I could get him to be tough. If I do you do you see that? And that gives us a different dimension in the power of what we're studying and wisdom. Because we can see it working on another guy very objectively. And if we get him to do it. <laughs> Then we realize, boy, you know, there's power around. All right, number 18 is, for living all the time, live like a soul. What do you want to do? So A is, figure out what you want and overrule the body. Just discipline. And B is, no, drill it, drill it, drill it, drill it. Just don't leave go because if you leave go, then the body will run away. Be wild, yeah? C of this is, Work at getting that clarity. Do you really want to do it? Do you want to apologize? you want to make money? Whatever it is. You want to do it? Why do you want to do it? What's important? And then once it's clear, like the doctor said, yeah, the body will go along with it. Just a few whys. Why should we use this? Really, greatness is to be completely into what you're doing. You want to live, get the desire into your wants. You want peace, you want meaning, you want strength, you want to accomplish, you got to desire it too. It's not enough you want it. It doesn't move you. The body is where the passion is, where the power is. Get it there. Get it into your act. And number two is that the rabbis say, do it for your fellow man. Because if we make other people sane, powerful, we learn to do it for ourselves. The third thing that I want to tell you is, if you succeed in making great human beings, if you succeed in unleashing their potentials, you are ipso facto. You partake in every one of their accomplishments. But the number four is that when you think big, you are big. You just pick up your head, you see what's the world around us. How much there is to accomplish. How much can be accomplished? How wonderful is our lot that we were born into a world to accomplish. Now as an assignment, please take five of your favorite pieces of wisdom. Go sift through your notes. Five pieces that registered. Like you said, you know, this is true. Then take it to step B. Witness the strife. Yeah, happiness is an obligation. Love is an obligation. Love is, a, is the greatest pleasure in the world. Whatever it is. Yeah. See the strife. Yeah, you want to do this. You feel like doing it? See if it is. See what the body is yelling at you. It won't work. It doesn't matter. It's too much work. It doesn't. That that See why you didn't use it. You listen to the body. You let the body talk to you. So take it one step further And now, you tell your body, shut up, it'll work, you'll feel great, talk to the body. Okay? Now, as a second assignment, I would say, take those same five pieces of wisdom and think in terms of clarity and of drill. How much drill would it take before the body will go along with it? You can measure it. How many days before you'll enjoy it? Try it out. You have been listening to Voices from Jerusalem. For a complete listing of our cassettes, see our web store at H.com. For a free cassette catalog, email us at voices at aish.com or call toll-free in the U.S. 1-800-VOICES-3. Our main office is at 1 Western Wall Plaza, Jerusalem, Israel. Shalom from Jerusalem.